Well, good evening. It's good to be back from our Christmas vacation. Glad to have you joining with us there online. Hopefully you're there uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. I uh, just want to encourage you to join us on any one of those platforms uh, that we have there. Let me pull my And, and so I encourage you there also to go to our church website, if you will, to hollandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, it's under the info tab there that you can download the worship bulletin for this past Sunday that has all the upcoming activities uh, in it. So I want to encourage you to take the time to do that. On social media there, be sure to heart, to like, to share, uh, get the word out a little bit more there that we're in services tonight. We're in the last, book, uh, last chapter of the book of Habakkuk. So I want to encourage you to join us. And then also under that info tab, you can download the worship bulletins for children. Uh, you can send those links to anybody that you want. If you need those in person, they're in the windowsill uh, to my right. And then while you're there under that info tab, be sure uh, to download uh, the prayer list there. Encourage you to take the time to do that. We'll be going over that uh, in just a little bit and giving you some announcements uh, on that. And then don't forget while you're there also on the website, uh, go to the far right hand side, click the give online tab there. Uh, you can do your online giving there, your regular online giving, uh, just give to the regular budget there. And then also you can do your Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, offering there. So be sure to do that. We'll still be uh, taking that if you want to send that uh, even next Sunday. Uh, but encourage you to get that sent uh, to us as we're seeking to reach our goal of 7,200 there. So just want to welcome you tonight and uh, thank you for being here. And uh, Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our song. I don't know whether you mentioned it or not because I spaced out there just for a second. But the uh, Christmas cards stuff, if you check your slots tonight to make sure uh, there's still a lot of cards left in there that people haven't picked up. So. Uh, it's full, okay. Let's let's sing joyful, joyful. We adore thee. It's hymn number seven. It's Pat. Sweet. 
So hopefully uh, you've had the opportunity there to uh, get your prayer list uh, downloaded uh, and you'll want to get that out. Uh, maybe you've got it there in a digital form. If you've printed it out, uh, I encourage you to take the time uh, to go ahead and get that uh, out, if you will. Uh, so as we take a look at our prayer list, I just want to highlight just a few. And let me check if I have the information for one of these in a message that was sent to me. So as you're getting your prayer list there, be sure to take a look at it. Um, yes, I don't think I have that on my device here. It would be on my phone. Uh, so I won't give you all the particulars of it, but just to give you a little bit more uh, detail than what we have there uh, in the bulletin. Uh, so if you'll notice there in the bulletin uh, on the HBC family side, uh, we want to continue to remember Mark Raymond, uh, so working off those at the bottom. Uh, if you look at those that are further near the top, those are more of the long-term issues uh, that have been asked to be on for a longer term. Uh, we can take those off at any time, but we usually uh, wait for that person to let us know, and we usually ask them uh, after some time if, how things are going. Uh, but we do want to continue to remember Mark Raymond. Uh, just continue to pray for him that everything continues to go well with him, with his back epidural that he had, everything was uh, going well, but we just pray it will continue. Diane Tatum is going to be having surgery uh, coming up on her lower disc uh, this week. Uh, is this week third? Maybe it's the third, I think is what Ken told me. And I may have Ken's message uh, that he just sent me today. I do. Uh, so uh, remember her, she's going to have uh, that on the 3rd uh, on next Tuesday, uh, but even before she has that surgery, uh, she has been in a lot, a lot of pain with that. So we just want to continually uplift her and hopefully everything will go well uh, with the surgery that will relieve that pressure that she's having. She'll have some things done to some of the lower discs uh, there, so keep her in prayer. Jack Doubt is having uh, some issues with his also, but he is... Uh, not got that appointment the last that we heard, uh, but he had now has COVID, so we want to remember him uh, in prayer. And so they won't be able to do that procedure until he's through that time. We also want to remember Rick German uh, with his knee replacement. Things seem to be going well with his, uh, and we may be removing him soon uh, from the list. And then David Hess, from what I understand, started his chemotherapy yesterday again, so want to keep him in prayer. Uh, hopefully next Wednesday we'll be able to share uh, some more about him. Anything else? Okay. All right. And then uh, also you'll notice uh, we do have it corrected uh, now that uh, Wanda Nichols uh, is at uh, Life Care. Uh, so I want to remember uh, her in prayers. We had had her at NHC. I uh, want to remember her in prayer. And uh, I'm not sure about Susie Barton. I'm thinking she may not be at NHC but at home. Does anyone know that with the family? That's what I'm thinking also. We'll find that information out and get that corrected if it needs to be uh, corrected. Uh, but do want to remember those, especially in prayer, uh, that we knew of uh, that were more recent updates and especially the upcoming 
surgeries uh, there. Uh, we also want to remember uh, the ones on the friends and family uh, side there. Uh, we won't go through all of those. We went through those a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but if you have any updates or any uh, prayer requests or any um, that we can remove, uh, you can let us know that. Uh, and you can comment there on Facebook, if you will. Uh, I'll try to get that pulled up on my device here, too, so that you can, I can follow along with what you're commenting there. Uh, if you're on any of the other social media platforms, you can comment there uh, if you like. Um, but we won't get those requests uh, from that until later. Uh, the live requests will actually come from uh, Facebook there. So be sure to comment there on Facebook if you've got an update uh, that you need to share uh, with us. Let me make sure my volume's... Okay, so the update there is on Steve Maybe uh, that he's been through his first of his uh, first three-day round of, of chemo, right? And we think that's in facility, but just want to remember him in prayer through that. We'll hopefully have an update next week on him on how that went uh, also. And then Don Allred? About the same, okay. Uh, so just remember him in prayer and then continue to remember David Wall. He continues to improve. Uh, but just keep him uh, in your prayers. There are several others that are there on your list, uh, so be sure to uplift them in prayer. Any other updates in here? Okay, I don't see any in here, and I'm looking at Facebook, and I don't see any other comments there on Facebook, but just be sure you can go ahead and comment there. Don't know if I'll look at it at the very end. I may forget it, So, um, but if, I, if we do get a chance to, we will. Uh, otherwise, we will get back with you to let you know that we've added them to the prayer list uh, if you give us a request uh, there. So uh, let's go ahead then and go to the Lord in prayer for all of these that are on our prayer list and praying for those who've been affected by these storms, uh, many lives that were lost up in the, up in the north, uh, north of us with all the snowstorm and everything, in Buffalo area especially. And so we want to uplift all those people, many people who were in accidents uh, with the snow and ice that we had around here the last four days or so. And so we just want to uplift everyone in our prayers. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the many blessings that you have given to us. Thank you for your presence with us tonight. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done in our hearts and in our lives. And for that to happen, Lord, we know that we need to come before you in confession of our sin and agreement with you about who we are and where we are in our relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray that if there is any ungodly thought, any ungodly deed that is in our lives that we've done, uh, anything, Lord, that maybe we've not done that we should have done, that you've commanded us to do, that we would be faithful, Lord, to uh, seek your forgiveness. And, Lord, may you cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Renew us, refresh us, revive us, make us new and cleansed by his blood to be used, Lord, in your kingdom work and that you might hear our prayers, especially on behalf of each one of these that are on this prayer list. And so we come to you tonight, Lord, and ask for your will to be done in our lives, uh, just to, to cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. We ask, Heavenly Father, for you to uh, move in our hearts in a powerful and a mighty way to bring us back into alignment with your will, uh, where we have been unfaithful or where we have not been faithful. Father, I pray that you will convict us and that you will lead us and instruct us and guide us with your word uh, back into your path of righteousness for your name's sake. 
And so, Father, we ask your blessings upon us. And we ask, Lord, for you to uh, just continue to walk with us each and every day, giving us wisdom and discernment to make the right choices, the right decisions in our hearts and our lives, that we might honor you with our very walk and our lives. So, Father, we come before you tonight. And we just want to uplift our hearts in prayer, Lord, to acknowledge that you are a great and a mighty God. You are strong, you are capable, you are able. There is nothing, Lord, in our lives, nothing in our friends' lives. Uh, and all of those needs that we're lifting up to you tonight, uh, you can take all of those needs all at the same time. Uh, Lord, they're not too much for you, as well as many other needs around this world. And so, Father, we pray that you will divinely intervene in each one of these individuals' lives as we uplift them before you tonight. We ask, Heavenly Father, for you to uh, speak grace and mercy and truth into their hearts and their lives, to assure them and give them confidence that you are with them. Uh, Lord, for those who are believers, that you've not left them nor forsaken them. For those who are unbelievers, those who are lost without Christ in their heart and their life, Lord, I pray that through these instances they're going through, it would draw them to faith in Jesus uh, as their Lord and their Savior. So use these things, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name, but also to bring good into these people's lives as you bring healing to their bodies. We ask you to divinely touch them in a powerful way. We know you're a miracle-working God, and you're capable and able, and so we ask God for you to divinely do that in their lives. Show yourself faithful and powerful that, Lord, it might be a witness and a testimony and that we might give witness and testimony by praising you uh, of all the great and mighty things you have done. We thank you for the answered prayers that many of us have been praying for, for uh, some praying for generations, some praying for decades, some just praying for weeks, some just praying for days. And yet you have heard our prayers and you have answered in a powerful way. And so, Lord, we expectantly look forward to what you're going to do in answering each one of these requests. You know the physical needs that are there. So we ask, Lord, for your divine physical healing touch to be upon them. Lord, we know that there are other needs uh, that are there uh, along with those individuals. Their caregivers have needs. And, and Father, we just pray for you to uh, lay your blessings upon them. Lord, those who are suffering and hurting and in pain physically and otherwise, we ask, Lord, for you to relieve that and show them uh, your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray for those who have upcoming surgeries. Lord, that you'll be with doctors and, and nurses and surgeons who'll be doing those surgeries and, and ask God that you will uh, just guide them to give them wisdom and the right treatment for those individuals. But we know you're the great physician, and so we uplift them into your hands, asking for your glory, for your grace, and for your mercy and love to be upon them. Father, we pray that you will use us in whatever way that we can to be a word of encouragement to these individuals. Father, I pray that you would uh, just bless them in a powerful way. Uh, Father, we pray that you will use these instances to bring those who are without Christ to faith in Christ. And we just ask God for your will to be done here even tonight. So, Lord, we ask as we come tonight too to study your word. Lord, we pray that you will uh, break your word for us to, to find nourishment uh, as, we, as we listen to your word, as we read your word. May we keep your word. May it become a very part of our lives uh, in changing our, our thought process, changing our actions, changing our behaviors, that we might uh, bring glory and honor to you in everything that we say and everything that we do. And so, Father, we just ask for you to speak in a powerful way tonight through the book of Habakkuk. Father, I pray that we'll receive a wonderful blessing from this book and from this message 
tonight. So, Lord, we just expectantly look forward to the great and mighty things you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, uh, that no matter what has happened in our lives, no matter uh, the suffering or the heartache, no matter the joys or the triumphs, uh, no, no matter, Lord, the, uh, the, the pressures maybe that we've been under or the prosperity that we've experienced, Father, we know that you are in control and that you have seen us through this last year. As we come, Lord, to the close of this year, Father, I pray that we'll remain faithful in these last days of this year and, and beginning anew and afresh uh, in this new year, Lord, to remain more faithful and to be more uh, closer to you than ever before, spending time in your word more than ever before, spending time in our, uh, in our prayer closets with you more than ever before. And Father, I pray that 2023 will be a blessed year for each and every one of us as we begin to live in the truth of your word. So bless your word tonight. Bless our time together. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, we've told you before how to easily find that if you go to the book of Psalms or Proverbs, and then you find the book of Matthew, and you open it about halfway between those, uh, then you'll find uh, the book of Habakkuk there. And so I encourage you to uh, find that, Habakkuk chapter 3. I've entitled tonight's message, Start Desiring God. Start Desiring God. Uh, now, if you'll remember, uh, when we began this, um, we talked about uh, that we need to stop debating God. Uh, last time we talked about we need to stop doubting God. Good. People are listening. Somebody's got some notes here. <laughs> and then tonight we see a positive thing we're to do. So the first two were stop doing this and stop doing that. Now we're looking at start desiring God. And that's what we're going to see from Habakkuk here. And we're just going to begin with verse 1 and verse 2 to start with. And then we'll come back to those two verses uh, as we get into our points here. So verse three, chapter 3. And verse 1 and verse 2 says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Siganoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. That's an important verse that we're going to come back to uh, in just a little bit here. Alan Gardner uh, was the founder of the South African Missionary Society. Uh, he was an Englishman. Uh, he felt the call of God to go to an unreached tribe in one of the remotest parts of the world to preach the gospel uh, in the middle of the 19th century. Uh, he set sail in 1851 uh, with five other missionaries. Uh, unfortunately, they shipwrecked. Uh, on an island off the tip of South Africa with no way of ever leaving that island. So one by one, they began to starve to death. Now, Alan Gardner uh, was the last one left alive, and when they finally found the bodies of those missionaries, they found his journal laying by his side. Every day as he grew weaker, uh, he would write in his journal of the faithfulness of God in his life. In the midst of all he was going through there, stuck on a deserted island, and they each were dying there, uh, he writes about the faithfulness of God in his life. The last words he wrote before he died were these. First, he quoted Psalm 34 and verse 10. 
Psalm 34 and verse 10 says this, The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. How in the world can you write a verse like that and you know you're dying on a deserted island with no hope of ever getting off that island? He yet wrote that, one of the first things he wrote in the last day there, the last moments of his journal there. He wrote that knowing that starvation would be his death. And then he penned these words along with it. He said, I am overwhelmed by the sense of the goodness of God. Wow. Just imagine giving your life for the sake of the unreached tribe uh, hearing the gospel and then not only dying of starvation, but dying without ever getting to share the gospel with even one person on that missionary journey. And then can you imagine in the last moments of your life of all things you could be thinking about, like, why me? Or why this? Or surely God must have made some kind of mistake for us to be shipwrecked on this island and we're going to die of starvation on this island. How could God let this happen? All this for nothing. And yet to say instead, I am overwhelmed at the sense of the goodness of God. I mean, think about it. If it had been you, what would you have been writing? You know, there will be times in all of our lives when our faith will be tested. Uh, there will be times when doubts will seem to overwhelm our faith. There will be times when everything comes down to a question, what, when, why, or where? Habakkuk was a man of God, a man who had been called by God, a man who knew God, but also a man who wrestled with God. We've already seen that in chapter 1 and then again in chapter 2. He lived in the nation of Judah in a time of rebellion, a time of idolatry and drunkenness and wickedness. He had been praying and praying and praying and praying for God to send revival to his country, for God to bring repentance to his people. How many of you have been praying the same prayer for our nation? I know I have. Prayed for our nation over and over and over and over again. God sin revival to this country. Here was Habakkuk. Never heard anything. He couldn't understand why God was indifferent. He was frustrated that God seemed to be inactive. He literally confronted God, and then finally, God answers. He said as we saw in chapter 2, that he's going to use the Babylonians to bring judgment on his people. And that just blew Habakkuk's mind. He thought, how in the world could you use these Babylonians who are, who are a more wicked nation uh, that, that God would use to punish a less wicked nation? How could you do that? Uh, you're supposed to be a God who doesn't even look upon, uh, can't even be in the presence of sin, and yet you're going to use this more ungodly nation to bring judgment on a less, God, uh, a less uh, wicked uh, nation. This little book is so relevant to us because just like Habakkuk, we find ourselves living in tough times. 
Uh, our nation has gone through and continues to go through uh, financial difficulties, spiritual difficulties, uh, moral issues, ethical issues. Uh, there's never been so much despair and discouragement and disillusionment at the levels that they are at today. When you see tough times, we learn from the prophet Habakkuk that you'll do it taking one of two paths, uh, either the path of fear or the path of faith. That when those tough times come, you're either going to face it with fear or you're going to face it with faith. And this is what, where we're going to learn uh, here tonight, that fear is defeated by a focused faith. Because this last chapter is actually a song. It was a prayer that Habakkuk prayed, but it was put to music and sung. Uh, Habakkuk here has now uh, moved from doubting God and debating God to now defending God. And he tells us what to do when we're in tough times. He tells us what we're to do uh, when our faith is overwhelmed. And so here's the first thing I want you to see tonight is this, that we need to desire in our heart of hearts the will of God. Desire the will of God. So what we found out last time in chapter 2 is Habakkuk, and here in chapter 3, is that Habakkuk finally gets it. He takes his eyes off of the circumstances that are around him. He get, forgets about what he thinks is best, and he puts his focus back where it belongs, which is on God and on his plan and his purpose and his priorities. He's no longer doubting that God has a purpose in crushing the nation of Judah. He no longer is doubting God's method of using an even more wicked nation to do so. Now we find out that he's beginning to defend God's ways and God's working. His whole perspective has changed. Now, he no longer wants what he wants. He wants what God wants. Uh, that had been his whole focus before is on what I want, how I want you to do things. And now he's okay with, Lord, however you want to do it. And so he has one desire, and that is that everything would go according to God's plan because he begins to realize that God's plan is best, that God's plan is right. He no longer wanted God to do things his way. He wanted God to do things God's way, which is exactly the way Jesus told us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Remember what he said? He said we're to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. You won't get to that point unless you do what he says in verse 2. So we find there in verse 1, this is a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to uh, Shiganoth, uh, which is a musical uh, chord, uh, note there. And so it goes on to say in verse 2, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And so uh, until you get to that place where he says, oh, Lord, I've heard you. I've heard you, and I've heard about your work, and, Lord, I fear what you want to do, but I surrender to your will. And then if you go on down to verse 6, you'll find there's a little statement down in verse 6 that puts our present even in its proper perspective. So notice verse 6. It says, he stood and measured the earth. 
He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. You'll never, ever be able to put the tough times of your life in proper perspective unless you do this one essential thing. Keep eternity in view. What kind of mountains did he say there? The eternal mountains. He's talking about the everlasting hills. He's talking about the everlasting ways. He's talking about eternity with God. And so no matter what you're facing in this life, and no matter how bad things may get, and things will get worse, there will be times where we'll see things, it seems like it's getting better, things are prospering, things are going great, and then we wonder why all of a sudden did this have to happen? Uh, Our earthly life is just a very small piece of God's eternal puzzle. Those tough times and those difficult days that you go through are, are just a small piece of that small piece. And so our ways are earthly. Our ways are flawed. Our ways are faulty. Our ways are failing. His ways are eternal. His ways are constant and consistent and confirmed. In fact, that's what he says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so when you take what we're going through now and you compare it to eternity, it doesn't even compare. It's not even worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us in that day. So God is eternal and his ways are eternal. But think about this, the the circumstances that are all around you, they're constantly changing. The field goal is always moving. You think about the circumstances that are facing you and the troubles we have today. Maybe we get through that circumstance, but there's another one. And then there's another one. And then there's another one. And it seems like the circumstances around us continually change. But know this, God doesn't. He never changes. The same God who created this universe is the same God who looks after you and me. And so things change on earth every day, but they never change in eternity. God's principles and God's promises and God's purposes never change. Now, he may change his methods and he may change his timing, but he never changes who he is or what he's doing. That's why Habakkuk is no longer begging God. He's not begging God any longer to call off the Babylonians. Oh, you couldn't possibly use the Babylonians. We don't even see him focusing on that anymore. He's no longer begging God to do things his way. Now he's gotten his mind off of himself and his mind back on God, things of eternity. He's saying, in effect, God, you know better than I do. If your way is to send the Babylonians, then send them. Do whatever you want to do the way you want to do it and just keep reviving or renewing your work every day in our life. And then Habakkuk makes that one small tiny request at the end of verse 2 when he says, In wrath, in all that you're doing and bringing this judgment upon us, please God, remember mercy. Show mercy to us. 
You know, one of the things that when you study the Old Testament uh, that, that you get sometimes from, from the world is they look and they say, well, this is a different God in the Old Testament than the New Testament. I, I can see this God of love who loves us and, and sends Jesus to down a cross for us to, to give us eternal life in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, it seems like he's a God of judgment. Uh, he's always bringing judgment upon people. Uh, you, you, all I see is this, this holiness of God. But in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when you look at God's word, the gospel message is always there throughout the Old Testament. How do we know that? Because Jesus himself, when he was walking on the road to Emmaus with those two disciples and he was telling them about himself, the Bible says he told them about himself concerning all things about himself in the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets contain the grace and the mercy of God. And that's what Habakkuk is crying out for. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Thank God that he's a God that does just that. He did it for Israel. In his justice, he had to punish sin. But in his mercy, he provided for forgiveness. Because remember what we said last week. The nation of Israel is still here, but where are the Babylonians? They're gone. And so uh, he showed mercy towards Israel in that. You think about it, 70 years after Babylon destroyed this nation, the people were restored to their land, and the temple was rebuilt. The walls were resurrected, and a nation came alive again. Even more than that, 600 years later at the cross of Jesus Christ, God poured out all of his wrath on Jesus for our sins while at the same time providing the way of mercy so that we might be saved. You see both of those at the cross. You see God's wrath when Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then you see God's mercy when Jesus cries from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In God's wrath, you hear Jesus saying, I thirst. But then in God's mercy, uh, you hear him saying to the thief on the cross next to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Remember, the cross would never have happened if Jesus hadn't said these words that he said in the garden the nights before. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so the first step to getting victory when your faith is faltering is to desire the will of God. The second thing is this, to desire the works of God, to desire the works <coughs> of God. So Habakkuk goes through a list here of some great things that God had done for his people in the past. In fact, what you have here is a condensed version of the first half uh, of the Old Testament. And so let's begin here and just begin verse 3 down through about verse, uh, we'll go through about verse 5 and then we'll pick up again with verse 7 uh, through verse 13. But verse 3 says this, God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Uh, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled, veiled his power. What does that sound like to you from the Old Testament? Creation? 
He's talking about being, uh, his, his splendor covered the heavens, the earth full of his praise. The brightness was like the light rays flashed from his hands, and there he veiled his power. You remember on, 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 uh, on the mount there on Mount Sinai? When, when they get, he gave the Ten Commandments, uh, Moses uh, had to, uh, could not see him face to face. And remember when he came down, uh, he shone with the, with the glory of God uh, in that experience there. And so it's that kind of experience there. Uh, verse 5 goes on and says, uh, Before him went pestilence, and plague followed uh, at his heels. So Habakkuk's going through this list. He's referring to the time. Uh, where God had met with Moses, uh, raised him up to deliver his people out of bondage in the nation of Egypt. He reminded him of how God was, was working even when the people of Israel didn't know it. Uh, there, even on, on Mount Sinai, maybe you think about when he was on holy ground there at the burning bush. Habakkuk also, though, is recounting one of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament, when God parted the Red Sea so that the people of Israel could pass safely through it and then destroyed the Egyptian army and then how he parted the Jordan River where the people of Israel could cross over into the Promised Land. So if you look at uh, verse uh, 5, he, he said, uh, let me leave it there, and he said, before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. Verse 6 says, he stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. Verse 7 goes on to say, I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Uh, verse 8 says, Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? So the rivers is the river Jordan uh, that he, he, he does two different times uh, in, in damming up the waters one time and parting the waters another time when, the, uh, when the, uh, the priest stepped into the water with the Ark of the Covenant to cross over. Uh, then he says there is your indignation against the sea. That's the Red Sea. Uh, when they had come out of Egypt, when you rode on your horses, your horses on your, your chariot of, of salvation, uh, and, and then he says, you strip the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. Selah, you split the earth with rivers. Verse 10, the mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. You could just imagine the sea as it's being parted, the waters raising up like hands that are lifting in praise uh, to God Almighty. And then he recounts the story of how the Jewish armies were fighting the Amorite kings. And as they were fleeing away and getting away, you remember what Joshua, <coughs> he prayed for the sun to stand still uh, so that they would have a little more daylight where they could completely destroy the Amorite army. And you see that in verse 11. He says, the sun and the moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You march through the earth in fury. You thresh the nations in anger. Uh, and, and that's exactly what happened when you read Joshua chapter 10. Uh, the, the sun stood still. Israel won uh, one of its greatest victories. Then Habakkuk, he makes this incredible statement. And I want you to think about who is he talking about here. Even though he didn't know, uh, know it, he was really referring to Jesus here. <coughs> in verse 13, he says, You went out for the salvation of your people. For the salvation of your anointed. 
you crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Selah. And so even though he didn't know it, uh, he was talking about Jesus because Jesus is the anointed of God uh, for the salvation of your anointed. That's who he's talking about. Uh, you can look back to what Habakkuk was looking forward to, the cross of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so if nothing else reminds us that the God of yesterday is the God who can take care of us today, it ought to be the cross. Because here's the point that Habakkuk is making. The God who has been faithful to us in the past, especially at the cross, will be faithful to us in the present. So what we need to do is to commit God's past works to our present situation and know that God didn't fail us in the past. He didn't fail me yesterday, and he's, he's not going to fail me today. He's never has. And so if you were to really sit down and to think, you could probably write page after page of the ways that God has come through for you in the past or the ways you could see God working in your life. As a matter of fact, practically every one of us in this room and those of you watching online have escaped death because of God's protective hand and we didn't even know it. Psalm 68 verse 20 thought I had that one here. I may not have got that one into the screen. No, I did not. So Psalm 68 verse 20 says this. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God, the Lord, belong deliverances from death. Think about this. You ever been driving down the road and you come upon an accident where somebody's gotten killed? Most all of us have had something like that happen. Just think about it. Was that luck that got you there late? Because that could have been you. I think about just this past week. I had to go pick up our daughter uh, at Nashville at the airport there on Thursday night on all that stuff that was coming down. Our flight was coming in at 11.30. It got delayed till 1.30. It got delayed till 2.30. I left out about 11.30 to head up to Nashville, 45 miles an hour all the way up the interstate. Snow coming down, ice all over the interstate. They've salted, but it's still... Uh, the, the roads aren't nowhere near as prepared here as they would be where we were uh, in the mountains there or even if you were further up north uh, because that's just not a lot of what we get around here to be prepared for those things and so they were doing everything they could to to get the the roads prepared but there were people sliding all over the place I had to uh, my windshield was getting all nasty on the windshield you could hardly see I had to stop at the loves uh, going up to Nashville there and and get didn't need gas but I stopped to get some gas and then wash the windshields off and uh, so I could head down the road again to try to get there at least uh, to pick her up I figured if I can at least get there with her <clears throat> we can do whatever we need to if we need to stay at a motel or whatever for the night so we get there and it, she lands at 2:30, but sits on the tarmac for an hour and a half they can't get them off the plane. Uh, they pull their plane over to where they were supposed to take it off uh, and let them get off, but uh, there was another plane that was there, so they had to take them around to another gate. Well, to do that, they had to wait on one of those machines that comes and hooks up to the front to drag it around to the other side where they go over there. They can't see where the marks are for them to be able to park the plane right so that the, the pieces connect to the exit doors there for them to get off. 
and so they were for about an hour and a half sitting on the airplane there. So we didn't get we didn't get back into Tullahoma about six that morning. If you remember, it was minus two on Friday morning, and we were coming down the interstate. And just to be honest, there's nuts out on the road. <laughs> you know, I don't I, I take it slow. I take it easy. I worry more about the other people and how they may drive and what they may do. And there was a box truck as we had passed uh, Murfreesboro uh, coming back this way. We were still moving along okay, about 40, 45 miles an hour. And it was a little heavier section there after you passed Joby Jackson where it got more thicker with the snow and it's out more in the rural area there. And um, there was a box truck passes us in one of the lanes. He's up too close on the person ahead of him. He has to hit his brakes. He fishtails like this. and goes over into the median, <laughs> just knew he was going to flip. You know, we had been praying all the way anyway before we ever left Nashville, before I left home. Samantha was waking up at home <laughs> all throughout the night there and praying for us also. One minute sooner, a few seconds later, who knows what could have happened. That could have been us. You know, he's swerving, he can't control, he could have hit us. You know, and those kind of things were, were happening all over the place. Even uh, yesterday morning, uh, there were people in Franklin County especially and, and on down to Huntsville area I was hearing about that were going off the road and stuff. You think about that, and was it just luck that it wasn't you? No, it was God. When you're going through tough times, look back and remember the works of God. Then the question comes, but it was me. I was the one who got hurt. I was the one who was in the accident. So let's see about that also. Here's the third point I want you to see uh, from this passage tonight is this, that we need to desire the worship of God. Desire the worship of God. Desire the will of God. Desire the works of God. But also desire the worship of God. So verse 14 <clears throat> down to verse 16 says, you pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter who came like a whirlwind to scatter me rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret you trampled the sea with your horses the surging of mighty waters uh, he goes on uh, and says uh, in verse 16 he says i hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound, rottenness enters into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. So you read some of those verses there, just through verse 16 there, and all of that sounds good in theory, but you may be saying, and what we said a while ago, but meanwhile, you may be saying, well, I, 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 don't, I still don't have a job, or I'm still battling cancer, or my, my spouse hasn't returned, or my bills uh, still aren't getting pay, paid, or, or frankly, I'm just scared out of my mind. If Habakkuk were here, he would say, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, look at that description there in verse 16. He says, I hear, my body trembles. He says, my lips are quivering at the sound of all that I've heard. Uh, rottenness enters into my bones. My legs are trembling beneath me, and yet I quietly wait there. So the English language there really doesn't tell you just how scared Habakkuk was. The King James Version literally says, my belly trembled, or my bowels, my stomach was just all tore up. 
It's like saying my heart was pounding like it was about to pound out of my chest. In other words, he was really, really scared because he knew the Babylonians were coming. He knew God's judgment was coming. And Habakkuk doesn't know, am I going to be one of the ones who are going to get killed? God's judgment's coming. It doesn't mean that, that, that just because I've been a prophet of God that I'm going to escape his judgment. I, I'm a part of the nation also. And so uh, he, he doesn't know what's going to happen. In other words, he's really scared. His nation's about to be destroyed. His friends and his, his neighbors are going to be taken into captivity uh, if, if they were left alive. The truth is some of our greatest fears may come to pass. You may lose your job. You may get cancer. You may die a difficult death. You may have a painful loss. And yet you can also say, as Habakkuk says, in the midst of all he's about to face, in verse 16 he says, he says there that I will quietly wait for the day of trouble. In other words, I might rest in the day of trouble patiently. See, understand this. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is faith in the face of fear. What if the worst comes? What if? What do you do? We'll go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So uh, you would have to go back here, really, to the economy of Judah to understand exactly the devastation that Habakkuk is really describing here. This is a, a devastation worse than anything that ever happened in the Great Depression. The economy of Judah was based on everything in this list. Uh, it was based on the figs. It was based on the grapes. It was based on the olives. It was based on the livestock, the sheep, the goats, the cattle. What he's describing here is complete devastation. It's not just that the stock market crashed. It's not just that, oh, there's, there's only a few jobs that are left. What he's talking here about and describing here, uh, he's describing where there would be nothing. It's complete devastation. Nothing to eat. Everybody's starving. Death is everywhere. One day, if you live long enough, your fig tree won't bud either. There won't be any grapes on the vine. You may lose your health. You may lose your spouse. You may lose your retirement. You may lose a child. You may live long enough to lose every old friend that you've ever had. But when you do, you'll come to the point that Habakkuk came to when he finally realized that when times are tough and your faith is on the ropes, here's the point you better get. God is all you have and God is all you will ever need and God is enough that's what verse 18 is saying even though all that utter destruction happened 
things. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation even if I lose my job. Even if I don't have food on the table to eat. Even if my retirement account is gone. Even if I lose my spouse. Even if I lose all of my friends. God is all you have. God is all you need. And God is enough. I want you to circle two words in your Bible if you circle and make marks in your Bible or notes in your Bible. The first word is in verse 17. It's the first word of verse 17. And the first word of verse 18. Do you get what verse 17 says? Though, or even though, or although. Though the fig tree should not blossom. What is the first word of verse 18? Yet. Though and yet. Habakkuk was saying, when the worst things that could happen to me do happen to me, they'll bring out the best things that are in me. Even though I lose everything that this world has, even though God does the opposite of everything I would want him to do, yet I will worship him. Yet I will praise him. And yet I will still love him. How can you praise God when you lose everything? When you've lost your future, you've lost your family, you've lost your finances, you've lost it all. Here's how. You praise God for who he is. That's important. Praise God for who he is, not just what he does. Praise God for who he is, not just what he does. You praise God for what he has done not just what he is doing. It all comes down to what really is important in your life. If your number one desire in life is to be successful, to be wealthy, to be healthy, to be prosperous, or to have everything go your way, then the, when those things don't happen, you won't be able to praise God. But if your goal in life is to stay close to God, to be at the center of his will, and to glorify him no matter what, then you can praise God that every circumstance will and can bring you closer to him. Listen to those last words in verse 18 again. Verse 18, he says, I will take joy in the God of my, of my what? My salvation. He's my Savior. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. Think about this. If God never did another thing, if he never did anything else for any of us for the rest of our lives other than send his son Jesus to die for our sins and to raise him from the dead so that we could live with him forever, we would have more than enough to praise God for. More than enough to love God for more than enough to worship God for when you trust God and you worship God no matter what here's what happens look at verse 19 God the Lord is my strength he makes my feet like the deers he makes me tread on my high places to the choir master 
with stringed instruments. So we know this was a song, a uh, prayer that was put to song. Uh, let me tell you about a little book. Uh, you can maybe jot it down, find that little book, read it. I think we probably have a copy in our library. It's Hannah Hernard's Heinz Feet on High Places. If you've never read that book, I'd encourage you to read that book. It's a book about Habakkuk uh, here. It's a, bu- a book about this passage in particular where it says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's feet or like hind's feet, and he makes me tread on my high places. So what we see and what Hannah Hernard talks about in there is that there's one thing that you'll see in the mountains, no matter how high you go, and that's, that's deer, that's uh, the, 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 the goats even, the mountain goats and deer. Uh, they know that the higher you go, the safer you are. The higher you go, the better you can see everything that's around you. And that's exactly what faith does in the tough times. Faith sees all the difficulties. Fear sees all the problems. Fear sees all the disappointments, but faith continues to see the strong hand of the promises of God. It sees the provision of God, the plan of God. Keep one thing in mind above everything else. When tough times come into your life, they will either take you lower or they will take you higher. You'll either become bitter or you'll become better. If you'll trust God no matter what, then he will set your feet like the feet of a deer on those high places, and he will enable you to walk above your circumstances so you can keep your eyes on him. When you give God thanks, and you praise him whether times are good or times are not and you make up your mind no matter what happens you'll desire the will of God that I'm going to remember the works of God and I'm going to persevere in and desire the worship of God that's when your faith when it's on the ropes that's when you'll come out victorious when you put him first and you keep your focus on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this short but yet powerful three-chapter study through the book of Habakkuk. Father, we know that there are people, two people sometimes, who love God, and one gives thanks because of what they've gained, and the other gives thanks in spite of what they've lost. And Father, I pray that you will help us that no matter what situation we're in, no matter how bad it may get, Lord, I pray that we would keep our focus upon you. And Lord, I pray that you will have your mighty strong arm, your mighty strong hand upon us, Lord, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to remind us, God, that you are still on your throne. You are still in control. And all you're waiting for us to do is to get our eyes above the circumstances, like that deer, like that hind's feet on high places, so that we see above the circumstances and we keep our focus on you, even when we don't understand it, even when we don't understand why the worst of the worst is happening to us. Father, I don't know what this coming year holds for any of us. None of us knew what this last year would hold for any of us. Lord, there are people who are here tonight, some maybe even watching online, who they've experienced some of the greatest hurt and pain and loss 
that they've ever experienced in 2022, and they're ready for a fresh new start in 23. Father, I pray that it'll be a time of relief and peace for them. But Lord, even if it's not, Lord, even if it's not for us, maybe we, we went through this last year and, and we made it through, and we're glad that we, we eked it out and, and things are okay. Lord, we don't know what lies around the corner for any of us. We don't know what 2023 is going to bring. And so, Father, I pray that whether it's the worst year of our life or whether it's the best year, Lord, may we come down to the same place that Habakkuk came to and be able to say, Lord, no matter what. No matter what, Lord. Whether it's bad or whether it's good, I will rejoice in you, O Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Lord, bless us. Help us to apply these truths that we've learned even tonight to help us above the circumstances to live in faith and not in fear. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us tonight. Just want to give you a word that Sunday uh, will be the same schedule as uh, last Sunday was for Christmas. Uh, we will only have one service this coming Sunday. That'll be, we won't have Sunday school. Uh, we won't have evening service. We'll be just having worship service uh, this coming Sunday morning. Uh, that's at 1030, so we want to encourage you to come out and join us. A great service to start uh, off the new year. The new year starts on a Sunday. What better way to start your new year off? Uh, put those principles in, in the right place to begin afresh with this new year. So let me invite you to come and join us 1030. If for some reason you can't be here in person, we encourage you to join us there on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Search us up, Highland Baptist Church, Tullahoma, and then also our phone live streaming. If you need that number, call the church office tomorrow. We'll be glad to give you that number uh, so that you can tune in that way also. Thank those of you who joined with us tonight uh, through that platform also. But you have a blessed week, and we'll see you this coming Sunday.